This is Midlife Mastery, session number two. Welcome to the Midlife Mastery Podcast, where getting control of your time, your money, and your life are the keys to an amazing second act. If living authentically matters to you, then you're in the right place. And now, here's your host, Peter Fritz. Hey, welcome back to the Midlife Mastery Podcast. If this is your first time here on this show, we talk about uh, mastering your time, your money, and your life. Your lifestyle, I guess, is probably a better way to put it. Um, it's all about mastering your midlife so that your second act has got a little bit more freedom, more purpose, and authenticity, I guess. Um, what I try to do with this podcast is to give sort of a blunt assessment of the issues, the obstacles, and the opportunities that all midlifers face, from things like basic money worries to not having enough time, right through to the dreaded midlife crisis. Uh, my aim is to offer something of a guiding hand, a touch of wisdom, hopefully, and the occasional kick up the butt, um, all with a noble objective of helping you to master your time, your money, and therefore your life. Um, so if the stress and the overwhelm of midlife has left you wondering what's next, well, then perhaps it's time for your midlife reinvention. On today's show, uh, what I'd like to do is talk about what it was like for me when I hit 40. Um, I'm 49 now, but it doesn't seem that long ago that um, that I turned 40, and I, I was actually kind of surprised when I got to that age, because I remember my parents, when they hit 40, uh, each of them, you know, it was like they were on a downward slope from that point on. Um, to us, to me and my sister, they looked old, they acted old, um, and I think to them they felt that, um, you know, they were uh, on the other side. Uh, where they had uh, more past than future. Um, nowadays, of course, it's very different. A lot of people don't really think that they've hit midlife until they hit 50, and that's fine. But um, I remember when I hit 49 uh, years ago now, I actually surprised myself. I was actually really happy about it. Um, I felt like for the first time I'd finally grown up, and this meant that I could start saying no to a lot of things instead of running around trying to keep 100 balls in the air. Um, I kind of sensed that I'd gotten through the worst of it too, um, the really crazy long hours, the relentless pursuit of stuff, and that sort of gnawing lump of anxiety that drove me to work even harder and strive more and more for more stuff, useless stuff. Um, but uh, I'd made it through a painful divorce, I'd hit rock bottom financially, um, coincidence, and I'd even survived a minor heart attack. So sometime later, I found and married an amazing woman. I'm still married to her, thankfully. Um, my finances began to improve, and I felt really for the first time in a decade, this glimmer of hope. Everything seemed to be falling into place. Um, but of course, life had other plans for me, and um, not long after, I had a midlife crisis. And the way it came about was, I looked at my dad, who was 72 at the time, um, he's 81 now and still going really strong. But I remember looking at him back then and he'd worked his ass off since he was 12. Um, and now here he was, he was totally free and utterly content. His time was his own. His health was top notch. It still is. And he was living the life that many of us midlifers crave, you know, filled with travel and fulfillment and doing the stuff he wanted, you know, and he had a good dose of meaning in his life. And I was desperately jealous. Basically, I guess I wanted what he had, and I wanted it as soon as possible. You know, I'd, I'd worked so hard myself from, well, from the age of 14, um, part-time and then full-time from 16, um, you know, and I wanted what he had. Never mind that I had 30 years up on him, and my window of opportunity for getting there was still huge. The thing is, I wanted things to change for me. 
The simple fact is I didn't want to wait as long as he had, you know. Uh, and that's when it all started. I started devouring adventure magazines. I bought a ton of camping gear. Um, I got a bigger four-wheel drive. Some of that was for practical reasons. We had the in-laws visiting once each year and, you know, we needed the extra seats. So that was fair enough. But of course, you know, I had, I gave longing looks to brochures and maps and pictures of, you know, camping and outback adventures and all that sort of stuff, which I've done plenty of in the past, but hadn't for a long time. Um, but then I also found myself having these longing looks at 911s and Boxsters, Porsches, and I consumed enough material on lifestyle and work-life balance stuff to choke a donkey. My midlife crisis was definitely well underway. Now, this went on for about a year, I guess, but um, the thought slowly dawned on me that this behavior was really just a distraction from the real problem. And the real problem was what I describe as a deeply entrenched and fundamentally flawed belief system. This flawed belief system had me seeking fulfillment and meaning and purpose basically from all the wrong places. Now, intellectually, I knew this was true, but emotionally, I was still allowing myself to be sucked down the wrong rabbit holes because it was easier. And for a while, it was more fun. And I reckon this is why you see men poncing around in Maseratis or Ferraris or Porsches with that sort of, you know, scowl in their face, that disinterested look in the world kind of face. Before they bought it, they probably thought that it would make them happier or more attractive, but, you know, it didn't. Um, A while ago, my family and I were walking through the Hyatt Hotel in Melbourne, and we saw this couple waiting outside for their car, and I reckon they had at least six Hermes boxes, they had a huge Chanel bag, and another huge Gucci bag. Now, depending on what they bought, there's every chance that they were holding 200000 bucks worth of merchandise. Can you guess what their expressions were? Imagine they were holding bags of groceries. That's pretty much how happy they looked. So I knew what my problem was. It was distraction versus purpose. It was consumption versus meaning. It's such a cliche, I know, but the question was, what was the solution? Well, the solution was this. I had to reset the clock, recalibrate my priorities, and reinvent my life. I realized that if I didn't want to wait 30 years to have my dad's life... I had to debunk this whole deferred retirement model and make some tangible changes in my life. If I could make my everyday life as good as retirement was without being fully retired, then I'd be set. You know the old thing, if you do what you love, then you never work a day in your life. I'd spent the last few months studying the principles behind this through the wisdom of people like Jonathan Mead, Tim Ferriss, Corbett Barr, and plenty of others. So I knew it was certainly possible, especially in today's internet age. I mean, our folks didn't have the kind of opportunities that we have nowadays, and this is a big part of why I believe being middle-aged in this time in history is the best time to be middle-aged, simply because of the opportunities that we have to be able to create something from pretty much anywhere. Anyway, once I'd made this decision, you know, to take action and make some fundamental changes, the lights came on, and almost overnight, my midlife crisis just evaporated. So... As I began to make changes, the impacts multiplied and life took on this whole new sense of fulfillment and meaning and even purpose, you know. I knew these terms sounded a bit profound and cliched, but really, these are the things that we all seek, don't we? Because no matter how important or rich or powerful we think we are, if we don't have a life that's characterized by fulfillment and meaning and purpose, then we don't really have all that much at all. I had these things a long time ago, and then I lost them. 
Um, today I'm glad to say I've got them back, only with a lot more depth and maturity. Um, I guess these are the benefits of middle age. These days I'm engaged in work I love, uh, my time is under control. I reckon that's a huge one, being able to have autonomy and control over your time. You never have complete control, but having some semblance of control where you're not um, dancing to the tune of other people all the time. Um, I have those things back, but I have them with a lot more depth and maturity, um, like I was saying. Um, really, you know, having these things, being able to hang out with your kids as often as you want, uh, having, you know, uh, better health physically and mentally, um, really, what, what more could you want than that? So I guess, you know, the thing I want to say here is if you're in that position where I was, where you're really starting to question, you know, what's the point of it all? What's the meaning behind it all? Um, is this as good as it gets? Um, you know, I've been there and I know I know what that's like. Um, you feel like you want to jump off the treadmill and sort of blaze a trail, but you're either scared or you're stuck, or both. Uh, I think that's totally normal. But I guess um, my real message would be, don't leave it at that, because you have something that money can't buy. You've got experience, and you've got scars, and best of all, you have perspective. And this is exciting, because they are all important, valuable foundation stones as you embark on your second act, the one where you truly blaze your own trail. Uh, now, in future episodes, I'm going to go into a lot more detail about this sort of stuff, about how I've reinvented my life in my 40s, and how blazing your own trail is easier for you today, especially in your 40s, than at any other time in history. Uh, we'll talk about getting back a lot of your time. We're going to talk about money. Um, the money side of things is surprisingly simple. People make it far too complicated. Generally, people who stand to make money out of talking about money make it a lot more complicated than it needs to be. Um, and we're going to talk about reimagining what you already know so that you can re-engineer your life on your own terms. I don't have a whole lot of original ideas, but I've done an awful lot in my 49 years. Some of them were brilliant. Uh, many of them were woeful. Um, you tend to learn a lot more from your screw-ups. Um, so, you know, stick around. If you're about to set out on your second act, then this stuff will be practical, usable, and very relevant to you. Life's way too short to make all of your own mistakes because you won't live long enough to make them all. Uh, this is your time now, is what I would say to you. And the only two things preventing you from creating an incredible second act are what you know and what you do. You'll find the show notes for this episode at midlifetribe.com forward slash two. I've also got a free download for you, 15 Ideas for Midlife Mastery. It's uh, about 60 pages of full color um, ebook on mastering your time, your money and your life. You can find that at midlifetribe.com forward slash 15 ideas. If you like this episode, please uh, consider subscribing to the show. And if you could give the show a rating and an honest review, then it helps others to find the show. You can follow me on Instagram and Facebook at Midlife Tribe. Thanks for listening. Talk to you again soon. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the Midlife Mastery Podcast. For more ideas on creating the perfect second act, go to midlifetribe.com and learn how to master your time, your money, and your life.